All right, welcome into the flagship podcast. Uh, some reaction to the four overtime Red River Agony uh, that uh, played out in the Cotton Bowl on Saturday. Uh, before we go any further, let me bring in our, our fearless leader, the managing editor of Horns 24-7, the one and only Taylor Estes. Taylor, how are you doing? You know what, Chip? It's been a it's been an interesting weekend, um, and you know, dealing with our horns twenty four seven message board meltdown. I totally get it, though. You know, I mean, Texas fans right now have every right to be angry um, with the state of the program. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm doing all right. I'm doing much better than Texas fans are doing right now. But uh, at the end of the day, I feel like can we blame them? You know, right? Um, another um, crazy crazy game where Texas is totally dominated for 55 minutes. And then all of a sudden, um, Sam Ellinger, unbelievable, um, eight carries for 90 yards in the final two drives of regulation and four overtimes and two touchdown passes, two touchdown runs. He finishes the day with four touchdown runs. And as the team's leading rusher, uh, but it wasn't enough Taylor and, um, obviously my, my second guess it, at, in the moment, I'm not, this was not after the game. This was in the game was, oh my gosh, you've just scored a touchdown with 14 seconds left on a pass to of all people, Keontae Ingram, who you totally abandoned in the running game. And, and you've scored twice. You have all the momentum go for two and just try to catch this OU defense stunned and, and try to end the game right then and there. And they didn't. And, you know, obviously it went four overtimes. So it was back and forth, including a third overtime where um, Texas, on top of already having a punt blocked in this game, gets a field goal blocked. You think they're dead because OU kicker Gabe Burkich didn't miss a field goal attempt or extra point all of last year. And he yanks a 31-yarder dead left. And we go to a fourth overtime, but, um, you know, Texas is two and two. They have the week off before facing Baylor on October 24th, or at least we think they're going to face Baylor. Baylor's already uh, postponed their game with Oklahoma state for this upcoming Saturday. That game will now be played in December. Um, Baylor having some issues with, uh, containing, COVID-19, but Surprise, right? There's no discipline there. So. I mean, who knows what's going on there, but Taylor, obviously, I mean, the list of things Texas has to clean up and try to salvage any kind of season for Tom Herman, that list is growing, including a defense that is now giving up 36.2 points per game. That's on pace to be the most points given up uh, per game in a single season in school history. The last or the worst the distinction of the most points given up in a season uh, is 33.3 points per game given up in the 1997 season, the year that John Makovic was fired after six up and down years as the head coach at Texas. So um, this is not at all what people were expecting from the Texas Longhorns uh, this year. And uh, Tom Herman um, is searching for answers. Yeah. I mean, you know, Chip, this is just 
it's, it's kind of ironic in a way because, you know, last year everybody was so upset about the Texas defense giving up yards. And that was the same thing when Vance Bedford was the defense coordinator and when Manny Diaz was the defensive coordinator. It's, oh, it's the worst statistical defense because they're giving up yards. But that doesn't mean – giving up yards doesn't always mean give, making teams score. You know what I mean? I mean, the, this is a bad trend that Texas is having. And I was talking to some friends of mine that are Texas fans over the weekend and we were talking about just the way that the defensive coordinator role at Texas has gone since I started covering Texas, basically back when Manny Diaz was hired in 2011, it's been on trend the same way. It's always year one seems to be the year that the defense looks great. They take over a veteran unit and then two years later they get fired mid season, but this should be a little bit of an alarming um, wake up call, especially for Texas fans and for Chris Ash right now, because this defense is not playing well. And he has a veteran unit. He has one of the best, from a talent standpoint, this should be one of the best defenses in the Big 12 Conference right now. And the fact that it's on pace to being one of the worst scoring defenses in Texas school history should cause a lot of people, you know, concern about what is going on with that. Um, you know, Chris Ash, we know that he he's capable of being a good defensive coordinator. He's shown that, but he's not showing it in year one. And, you know, if I'm if I'm a Texas fan right now, I'm really concerned about the defense, but I, I don't know. I mean, there is a part of me that thinks the offense is even more alarming because that's Tom Herman's side of the ball. And Tom Herman's side of the ball seems to only be doing well right now when the game is on the line. Do you want that? Right. You right. know, I mean, does anybody want, does anybody think that that's a good recipe um, for success? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, and I, I'm sitting here going because <clears throat> I thought the two strengths of the team would be the quarterback and the defensive line. And, and you, to be an elite defensive line, you have to be able to get pressure with four. Mm -hmm. And right now, Texas has four sacks for the season, which is second worst in the big 12 only to Kansas who has three and two of those sacks for Texas came in garbage time against UTEP yeah. um, late in the game. One by Marcus Tillman, a linebacker who probably hasn't seen the field since, except special teams. And Alfred Collins, who also got half a sack in the OU game with Joseph Osai. But, I mean, they're not getting enough pressure on the quarterback, and that's leaving uh, some... some uh, I mean, Chris Adamora, I'm going to just say it. Chris Adamora and, and DeMarvian Overshawn were targeted by Lincoln Riley. Um, that first 30-yard touchdown was a coverage bust, and they went right at those two. And so um, they're seeing things on film. Obviously, DeMarvian Overshawn is still getting used to the weak side linebacker position. He's not getting off of blocks. Chris Adamora um, is still not totally sound in his technique and and so I imagine we'll continue to see those two get you know targeted by opposing offenses but they've got to get some pressure on the quarterback so that you that's how you hide your your flaws you right. get pressure on the quarterback and you're able to hide your deficiencies Texas isn't able to hide its deficiencies right now yeah, they're not. And, you know, another thing, Chip, just the possession time, you know, in, in regulation against Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma had the ball for 36 minutes compared to Texas's 24. 
I mean, that's, it was 3604 to 2356. This is, you know, this was a 31 point game. This wasn't a shootout where Texas was just scoring really, really quick. You know what I mean? I mean, this right. is something, and it's like, if Texas isn't scoring quickly, then they, they've got to hold, maintain control of possession, especially when going up against high powered offenses. I mean, just the fact alone, Chip, that Lincoln Riley benched Spencer Rattler in the game, that should, if you heard that going, you, if you didn't know the outcome of this Texas OU game and you heard that the starting quarterback of Oklahoma was benched mid-game for a younger, even lesser experienced quarterback to come in, you would think that Texas dominated, right? Right. I mean, <laughs> you're right. You hear the starting quarterback get, gets benched. You're thinking, oh, well, that's that's got to be a positive. Yeah. And it, it wasn't, I mean that, that it was just, it was such a bizarre scenario, I think from start to finish of this game. Um, and you know, if, if Texas can't come out ready and, you know, with fire in their eyes when they're facing their one rival on the season and, you know, one of the better teams in the conference, then that's in my opinion, that's on the culture. It's a culture problem at that point. Um, you know, I mean, you can prepare these players as much as possible. But if they're not getting up for big games, that falls on the coaching staff. That falls on the culture. And I know the culture is a little bit different this year because the staff was away from the team for so long. They did a lot of stuff virtually. But that's the case for every team. And, you know, one thing that Tom Herman said in postgame, it's kind of – I got kind of annoyed when I saw it because I was just like, this is just – it's not an excuse. But he keeps bringing up 2020. 2020, you know, it's just a weird year, 2020, 2020, whatever you may say. Texas hasn't had any disruptions in practice. They haven't had any disruptions to the season. They had early disruptions when the team first came back to campus and basically COVID spread throughout the entire locker room almost. But so Texas hasn't had any of these when it mattered most in fall camp, you know, in preparing for games. They haven't had any game cancellations yet or anything like that. So at some point, it's like 2020 is a, an excuse that you cannot use, Tom Herman. You can't. You, nope. you know, there are other programs that can use 2020 as an excuse. Just because you, you depleted your coaching staff prior to this pandemic starting, that doesn't give you an excuse if it's not disrupting your day-to-day -day of getting the team ready. And at this point, it hasn't done that to Texas. So I'm, I'm a little tired of hearing that if I'm honest <laughs> and I would imagine Texas fans should be too. Well, and you mentioned the time of possession. Um, that is a big reason. Another big reason I would have gone for the two point conversion at the end of regulation, because that third quarter was about the worst I've, I've seen in 28 years of covering Texas. It was the, I mean, Texas gets the ball to start the second half because OU and I'm, I'm going to make this point real quick too, because you mentioned the beginning of the game. OU won the toss and elected to receive. They got the ball and they promptly went backward 15 yards because of two offensive line penalties and then punted and committed a kick catch interference penalty. That tells you right then and there, we're not ready to play. Yep. We're shaky. Mm -hmm. And what does Texas do? They come out. And after a four-yard bubble to Jordan Whittington, it was great to see Jordan Whittington back on the field. Keontae Ingram, God bless him, fumbles. Yeah. And now he's had back-to-back -back fumbles on back-to-back -back carries dating to the TCU game at the goal line, and they abandoned Keontae Ingram for the next two quarters. Right. And that was your running game, unless you're going to 
you know, because they looked to Roshan Johnson. He got hurt. He was already playing with a shoulder and a rib injury. So, you know, God bless him for trying to play. And then Bijan Robinson, young guy, bounces too many things outside, doesn't get north and south. So he didn't have probably the day he wanted, although he caught a couple passes, including a, a 26-yard reception. But then it just became the Sam Ellinger show um, right. as far as the running game. And is that where Texas is right now? Are we back to Tim Tebow or, you know, Sam Tebow, where he's got to carry it 20, 23 times a game? I mean, he's already the leading, you know, um, he's got more carries than anyone else with 50 already. And I thought we were going to see his carries come down. Mm -hmm. um, but this is where this Texas team is. They don't, they don't know how they're going. I mean, they come out in the third quarter, as I was, as I mentioned, Texas gets the ball, goes three and out. And then the defense gives up a, 17 play 87 yard drive that takes eight minutes and seven seconds off the clock where the defense gives up third and one third and nine and third and seven and and then it's the quarter's basically over and right. texas has run it four times for minus nine yards ou scored twice they're up 31 17 i still don't know how texas got back into this game but um it's it's just it's a fire drill. It's yeah. a complete fire drill. And yeah. Texas played really bad football and made all kinds of mistakes and somehow still got this game into overtime in part because OU benched its quarterback and turned it over twice and Texas was able to convert those turnovers into 10 points and and, and be tied 17-17 at halftime. Right. But that third quarter looked like it, it was it was just no contest. Yeah, there was not Texas did not convert a single first down in the third quarter. If you look at the stat sheet, literally first downs are zero, P zero, X zero, T zero. Conversions, third, O for three, fourth, O and O. Rushing, four times, negative nine yards. Passing, three for five, 22. I mean, they, they, they had more penalty yards than they did any offensive yards in that quarter. They had more punts than rushing yards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three punts and minus nine yards rushing. So again, the fact that they were able to rally um, and, you know, it's kind of like the kid who waits until the, until the last possible minute to finish the book report and get it turned in. It, you can't live like that. And Tom Herman said it, we got to figure out a way to, to sustain drives without having to go tempo. It seems like the only time Texas can move the football consistently is when they go tempo and they still have no answer for how they're going to run it consistently. You can't give up on Keontae Ingram because he's been your best running back. Mm -hmm. But is this, are the fumbles now in his head? The coaching staff sure seemed to think so because they just went away from him as part right. of the game plan. And you have to run the football against Oklahoma in that game. That's That's how you impose your will physically on the other team. If you're passing every down, your linemen are going backward. That, right. that, that's, that's not how you, you know, win the, the, the physical battle, the line of scrimmage. It just, uh, I mean, this, this was a, a really bad loss. Obviously, it, you can look at it and say they were a play away from winning against TCU and a play away from winning 
against OU, and that's true. They were also a play away from losing the Texas Tech game and being one in three. And so they are what they are. They're a 500 football team. No one, you know, believes in them. And so where's the belief within that locker room? Doesn't matter what we think. Matters what that locker room thinks. Does Tom Herman still have this team? Does, you know, the leadership that he talks about, are they still demanding accountability from each other? Because it just doesn't look like it's happening when they tee it up. Yeah. No, you're you're spot on. And, you know, I, I do think that Sam Ellinger des- deserves so much credit. Like that kid, if you ever – I had OU – there's a um, – I don't know if you follow him on Twitter. His name's Tattoo Baker. He always just comes up with like – he's a huge OU fan that kind of trolls Texas. He sent me a DM um, on Saturday, and he said to me, like, I can see why Texas fans absolutely love Sam Ellinger. Like that dude has heart. He is such a difference maker because of that heart. I mean, I think Sam deserves a ton of credit. Yeah, it was not his best performance. Not at all. However, that kid never gave up. And Texas fans, I think, really need to just embrace what they have right now at quarterback because Sam Ellinger is a special quarterback because he cares. He does care. I mean, look at the look at his jersey. If you want to know how hard Sam Ellinger played in that game, look at his jersey at the end of the game. It was like black. It started off icy white. <laughs> you know, I mean... Yeah. That alone just shows his heart. It wasn't his best performance. But, you know, I think, Chip, this is going to be a really, really rough two weeks for Tom Herman. Um, It's probably good that there is a bye week so Texas can maybe get back on track. However, they're going to have to do the best that they've ever done of shutting out the outside noise because, you know, people have been questioning Tom Herman. They were questioning him after the TCU game. Then this game happens questioning him more than ever right now. The talk that Urban Meyer, you know, what's it going to take to get Urban Meyer to be the head coach at Texas? That keeps, I mean, it's all over the place right now. This is going to be a, a true, this bye week is going to be a true test, I think, for just where the the psyche and the mental makeup of this team truly is. If they can really keep the noise out of that locker room or not. If they can't, then this could be, this could be a turning point in the season that may not be a positive one for Texas. Right. I mean, people are already fed up, um, fans, fans. Um, and everyone's talking about, is Tom Herman going to be replaced? Um, I came into the season saying that I thought he was not coaching for his job this year because he was getting the reset on the coaching staff. But obviously, there were expectations mm-hmm. for this year. And so far, anytime you fall short of expectations and you've had uh, three, four years to show where this thing's headed, you put yourself in a difficult situation or you, you put yourself uh, in that crosshairs of a big decision from the people you know, running the university, Jay Hartzell and Chris Del Conte. And so, um, look, Urban Meyer's out there. He seems to be uh, like applying for the job with every bit of his commentary about uh, Texas these days, but we'll get into that more uh, on the flagship podcast on Wednesday. But um, Taylor, it's going to be a soul search. And we've been saying this <laughs> each of the last two weeks, it's another soul searching week for the Longhorns in and determining how this season is going to end. So 
Yeah. Um, we will we'll leave it there for now. Um, for Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. Thanks so much for uh, listening to the flagship podcast, Reacts. We will talk to you on Wednesday in the next episode of the flagship podcast. Texas is off this week. They will take on Baylor October 24th. Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe and keep the faith.